Warning, the following content occasionally contains adult themes and language, which is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Probably the most awkward episode of Cinematic Rewind that you will probably listen to. Joining me for this unusual adventure is Cookie. Okay, y'all, y'all can blame me. I, I chose the movie. <laughs> and Regent. Aw, do we really have to go on this venture? Yes. First of all, what the hell, Cookie? Okay, so I got no problem diving into why I chose it. I do have a small history. It's not a big history, but it has an impact at like a check mark in my life. Growing up, my family did watch a few R-rated movies, but there were more like comedies that actually had a bit of swearing and stuff like that, or action movies that had blood. But we didn't watch anything that was like nothing gross, nothing raunchy, anything like that. And for the most part, I grew up in like a religious family. So there was a lot of stuff that like we definitely wasn't going to watch anything that had nudity or anything like that. And because of that, there would always be movies that I would see in pop culture that would get talked a lot about. This was one of those movies. American Beauty, when it came out in the 90s, especially for you, Venture, because I know you didn't really know too much about this. And Regent, you probably did, if you remember, American Beauty actually did get talked about quite a bit for a few years. It actually won quite a bit of awards. 24. Yeah. Yeah. And I was one of those people who never put an inkling towards seeing the movie at that age. Yeah. For me, I loved movies in general, and I just wanted to see whatever I could. Now, I couldn't watch it back then because I was still too young. Even in 99, I was only like 11 years old or something, and my parents wasn't into it. I didn't know much about it. I just knew it was just a movie that won a bunch of awards, and I loved movies. I just really wanted to watch anything that got awards because I figured that must be good cinema. Now, fast forward, when I went to college, that was my first year to finally watch movies that my parents didn't let me watch. This list does include things like Fight Club and movies similar to that, just to kind of give you a range. It's not like it was just where I'm getting to, which is American Beauty, but there was other stuff that other people really do like. Fight Club, for example, is just too brutal for someone young to watch, and it does have some mature tones to it and dark tones. American Beauty, where that comes into part was my library at my school, because I was in an art school that actually had film. It was actually teaching film. I went for art, though, like design. The film studio actually had a large library of movies. So it was awesome. Being a broke college kid, I at least had entertainment because this was back in like 2006. So we didn't have streaming. There was nothing you could watch and we didn't want to pay for cable because we were broke. So when I went in there, well, American Beauty, which is A, <laughs> so one of the first movies I saw alphabetically. And I was like, well, well, here we go. This, this has been years waiting to finally watch this. So I go to watch it and... It was, it it definitely (laughs) tripped me out. And I I know just from y'all initial responses, I definitely understand. It's, It's a crazy movie, no doubt. I watched it both times as a cinematic piece. As we dive in, I can explain more into that. But that's why I wanted to bring it out because I feel like, especially for a podcast like this, if we're going to talk about movies, 
we can of course stay in our little safe zone of movies if we want but i do come from an artistic background you know like even in college and stuff like that we had semi-nude models sometimes when you're trying to make caricatures body figures like sometimes you need a new design nothing perverted but it's because like you got to figure out how the human anatomy works stuff like that i matured in my way of thinking when it comes to human nature the human body before that gets twisted or anything like that because i know the movie goes in some very dark corners but to point out i look at it different than the average moviegoer but at the same time the movie also did do really well in the box office and it got a lot of awards that's why i want to bring it up to me it's good conversation just because you might like might not like it or you think it might be weird i think there can still be good conversation because as an art piece Sometimes that's what people do when they make art. They want to create a conversation. And that's why I brought that film to the forefront. Yeah, I can see what you're saying of the directors and the people behind making this movie. They went with a very interesting stylistic choice and art form. And they definitely do spark conversations because I, I believe in controversy sparks the most conversations. You get people talking about why they enjoyed it or why they hated it or why it should or should not be allowed to be made. It sparks conversations whether you like it or not. Unfortunately, I'm on the side of why is this allowed to be made? Just due to one scene in the movie, which we will get to later on. I was so uncomfortable throughout this entire movie. One, just the whole story. Then on top of it, knowing that this is Kevin Spacey and then what he was accused of 20 years later. So with those two combined things, it just made me so uncomfortable. And then every moment in the movie where you think you're supposed to root for said characters, you just feel uncomfortable and you're like, I can't possibly root for these characters, which I think helps the idea of sparking conversations. Because if you can't root for a character, you're going to talk about them. I think that's good for what it is, although I, I strongly dislike the movie. That's why we're going to dive into it. Absolutely. Questions for both of you, and I will start with you first, Regent, is how did you first come across this movie, and what was your reaction the first time you watched it? Oh, God. Okay, so this movie came out in, what, 99? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I was 11. So, unfortunately, at that time, I was not able to go see this movie in theaters. I didn't really hear much about it more until I was in high school when one of my junior-level classes involved film and talking about, like, art of film, like, recording and, like, perception of film and just what a director sees behind the camera lens and American Beauty was one of the subjects. And I remember a couple of my female classmates who I've known since I was a kid talking about the movie, both positively, negatively. A couple of the guys in my class were like, well, what are you talking about this movie? Cause they didn't know anything about it. And my film teacher was like, it's a great director movie, like for like film and like editing. But he agreed there was some awkwardness and some of the tension in the story that at least at that time when I was in school, like, those type of conversations started to come out and discuss publicly with people, of, you know, like that are 17, 18 about the stuff that's going on like that. It really changed my perception about this movie. That was like the only time I really watched it was that year in high school. But I remember a good bit of it, but also re-reviewing the movie's plot and like Venture did then versus now. Like there's a lot of parallels with a lot of things in society that it just, if I had the option of to not watch this movie again, I would be one of those people that would say, sure, like I would not watch this movie again because of the changes from then to now. Yeah, 100%. I will probably never watch this again. Cookie, you said you watched this while you were in college and you watch it more as a piece of art form. As of watching it as a fan or a fan of cinema and just enjoying it as a movie, what did you think? 
And I'm glad you reworded that because even in the intro, I didn't outright say like, I love this movie. I didn't say anything like that. This movie is like going to an art museum, seeing a painting where you're like, this is interesting, but it's not like I go home and talk about it kind of thing. It's like, while I'm at the museum, I will talk about that piece of work, look at it, study it, give my opinion on it, and then go on with my day. It's a movie that I'm very neutral with it. I don't hate it. I don't brag about it. I don't bring it up in conversations. But this podcast definitely, to me, is a wonderful art form of diving into the makings of film, why things are made, the presentation behind it. And that's why I feel it at least deserved a conversation, not necessarily to be heightened or anything like that, because it is part of history. So moving forward with that, the way I had felt with it was there is a lot of stuff I feel like it did right from a cinematic piece, because at no point in the film did I feel like they were trying to present someone as a hero. At no point did it feel like that they were trying to present this is right. If anything, I feel like they were showing the flaws in society. Once again, just from an art piece, is that art is all about freedom, just freedom expression of how do you feel. If you were to take a picture of suburbia back in 1999, that was one of the first things that I actually wrote down when I was taking notes, because I, I actually looked at it differently now. You know, I'm 32 now, so it's been over a decade since the last time I watched it. This was actually my second time watching it. Even now, I have a more mature way of thinking, but I can still look at it from a cinema standpoint. But back on the point, though, is that when I look at it, I think of like, I wonder how much of this was actually going on back in the 90s. I, I grew up completely different than any of these people. I definitely did not grow up in white suburbia or nothing like that, especially like a wealthy white suburbia. When you see those kind of elements, I can't help but wonder, okay, was this meant to be humorous? Was this meant to showcase the the darkness that goes on as weird as it's going to sound i feel like my answer to it is actually posing questions for conversation versus giving a definitive answer like do i feel like it's trying to show the darkness of suburbia is it trying to show the pervertedness of certain people the the fears of certain people's sexual orientation things like this like i don't want to lock down saying that oh the movie definitely portrayed this definitely portrayed that I would rather lock down that it says it's showcasing the side that you don't see that I, I unfortunately hate to say, especially in the 90s, and I still feel it to this day, does go on, even though it doesn't get showcased. So that's why I actually respect that the filmmaker made this. I will add one piece, though. I know I'm giving it like some positive reaction. I do feel like it didn't deserve all those awards, though. I don't feel like it was that great piece of work <laughs> that is just like such a big piece of cinema history i don't feel that way right i can agree with i don't think it should have won all those awards i don't know where the awards should have been given i know some of them were like best actor best movie from like british film academy or something and then again at the oscars so it won like two for best picture i don't know where those awards should have been given for the movie i don't know what part of the movie deserved an award i don't want to particularly talk about that but i will agree maybe the better way of approaching this is opposing questions being like what is this movie trying to say is this showing the dark reality of the 1990s or is this showing how the world really is or can be and or is it exposing character flaws and people in society is it trying to start that conversation of maybe we need to look at society 
look at what we're doing and look at what might be going on in the shadows and address it. I don't know if it's doing that. If that is the intent, then fantastic. It's great that people are willing to talk about the struggles of both accepting one's sexuality or the struggle of not talking about what is really going on with society. And particularly in society, people who happen to be pedophilic in nature. That may be a conversation that society needs to have and unfortunately still goes on today. Yeah, it's one of those things where when we went into this, I know as far as we've done these podcasts at this point, I know we don't want to deep dive too much because it does spark controversy. I do feel like it at least does deserve some surface level because you brought up two major points, but the movie still has layers to it because you know you got the teenagers trying to express themselves you got the girl who's thinking she needs plastic surgery you got the boy who feels like he can't express who he is just from like he looks at life different from everybody else but he's an outcast because of it just because he looks at things differently the wife is unhappy in her marriage you got the cheating realtor guy it's so many pieces to it to me i think that's what was genius is that certain people will connect with certain things and look at the ugly which i think that should happen but there's even more ugly going on <laughs> and that's that's why for me i was like wow to be able to make something like this and i hate to say get away with it but like to make it on this level i commend them on that because nowadays if something like this is made which i do feel like movies like this is still being made it's usually like released like on netflix or something like that just straight to netflix probably get like a few watched and get a mediocre review and moved on yeah a platform that doesn't mind releasing controversial movies or tv shows that netflix is definitely one of those so let's go ahead and jump into the actual movie itself the movie does revolve around kevin spacey's character lester and his infatuation with angela right from the get-go as soon as that plot point came up i was immediately uncomfortable and I was hoping and praying that they were not going to depict an adult playing a teenager in the nude. Like, ugh, no. And I'm so glad that they didn't right there. Unfortunately, I regret that later on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is on two different posters for the movie. So there's literally the one of the rose on her body. And then mm -hmm. there's one of her laying in the rose petals covering her. So <laughs> I'm just glad that there wasn't actual like it was definitely very sensual in nature, that scene. But it wasn't direct nudity. Like, you didn't see any genitalia or nipples in those shots, which I'm very glad of in that aspect. I know she's an adult. She was 20 when they filmed this. When it depicts a teenager, I, I don't want to see that shit. Oh, yeah, I do agree. And that's that's probably the, the biggest thing I have an issue with the movie is, and we've talked about this before, is when it comes to nudity in film, it has to make sense. That's where I'm like, you could have easily had it where you just show, you know, you just cut it off from her neck. You know, you just show that the shirt opens. I mean, she could have had a bra on the whole time. Hell, she could have just had her bra on. I mean, yeah. like, and it would have been the same effect. But that's where it does bother me now at that level of a filmmaker. We've talked about this before, and I'm not going to dive too much into it. That's why when we go back through cinema, you can do it a very happy-go-lucky way of looking back at cinema. But I also look at it, too, is look at some of the flaws we've had in history of cinema. Two of the flaws, one of them is sometimes, especially actors, abuse their power. And then the other one, which is the directors and producers abusing their power. And that's where I see that kind of thing where it's like, I mean, did you really need to go that far? 
Right. One of the things that they used to do in movies, I think maybe in the early 60s, is whenever they wanted to depict someone nude, but they also didn't want their rating of the movie to go from a PG-13 to an R, they would just show the shoulders having nothing attached so it would insinuate that they were nude. Yep. So it'd be like you could see the shoulders and up, and that was it. And when you're depicting a teenager, that's all that I need to see to know that Kevin Spacey's character Lester is envisioning this character nude. I do not need to see her in rose petals. Now, if she was an adult, say a college student, still gross, but an adult, then it would, you know, at least not be so uncomfortable. Yeah, and that's where I do have to switch back to is at least when it comes to like, if they could at least done it professionally, you know, like we said, just show the shoulder, but stuff like that does happen. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to speak too much for the writers, but I would say the way I had received it is that's just how it is. It's kind of like drugs. If someone was watching a movie, like the movie blow and a couple other movies about just straight up about drugs, it's like, they could say the same thing. Like, Oh my gosh, this is making me very uncomfortable because I'm seeing people do all these drugs, crack cocaine and stuff like that. But that's just showing the realness behind it. I definitely understand it's uncomfortable and it's gross because it is, but like, do you just never put it on film at that point? And that's, that's where you kind of have to ask. Once again, I, I look at it as an art, as a piece of art. Do we just never make that? Do we never show history? Do we never show the dark side? If anything, that's why I appreciate that because I, I actually kind of am annoyed that stuff like that gets away with that. And it's like, I didn't know that was going on until I saw something like that. Because it's like, oh, wow. Like, I could see how this gets away with grown men like that being sick like that being predatory like that and how they get away with it because they have their privilege, their wealth and stuff like that, their status. So for me, it's like, I actually do appreciate that they, at least from the concept, from the concept, because if you do a college girl, yes, it's still gross, but they are legal in this country. So it would have no same effect, which that does spark another controversial question is like, if she was 17 versus 18, what's the difference? But I'm not saying that we got to answer that question. Like I said, I like the idea of just posing the questions and just leave it out there as that when it comes to this movie. Mm -hmm. And I think that might be a good way to approach it is to ask the questions that maybe people don't want to ask themselves. Like you just said, what is the difference between her being 17 and 18? One, of course, is legality. But asking that question is sometimes important for cinema. Then we can move on to Lester's motivation for improving his life and not accepting, you know, garbage from people, not being treated like he doesn't exist. Again, makes me uncomfortable. And I, I get that that is the theme of the movie is he's motivated by this high school girl to improve his life so he she will be interested in him. Then we move on to Lester's motivation to improve his life, which again is motivated by this high schooler. Yeah, that that's pretty much the trope of the entire movie or trend of the entire movie, I should say, is that his motivation to improve his life from where he was as lack of motivation, lack of interest in taking care of his physical self or his health. And then he's motivated by this teenage girl to improve his life so she will find him attractive but i will say as far as pulling off this predatory vibe they did a good job at pulling that off and making sure that it was believable and they did manage to make me uncomfortable which well done you succeeded in doing something gross very well i i know the mo movie is not your taste but i guess that's why you and i differ in this is that like it didn't make me uncomfortable because it's like i'm not putting myself in that shoe like I'm separated. It's kind of like when someone watches a scary movie 
they're not grossed out by the blood you know it's one of those things like okay is the movie wrong for showing blood <laughs> you know or is that person like does it not affect them it's kind of one of those that to me is that's the purpose of it it's not to train the movie as a documentary and they're taking steps as like a here's how you improve your life by watching this movie right i don't know i i find it very difficult for me to separate this movie from its entire plot and character motivation it's it's a very difficult thing for me to do and i guess that's just due to the nature of the film yeah that's the beauty of cinema if anything that's why i joined this podcast since i did go to school and we did take a couple class in film and cinema and i've always been alongside that realm and i collect movies i've been watching movies it's like one of my favorite hobbies and that's why my mind opens up from it is like separating the stuff because yeah i can i can definitely beat up the movie and say this is disgusting this is disgusting but but that's the same thing as like why do i like transformers it's like oh yeah the stories are horrible in the transformers yeah movies, but the action is amazing and it looks really cool and i can sit through that it's kind of like with this is that i see it i'm like yeah this guy's disgusting the reason why I follow his journey is an interesting thing. And if anything, that's a good question for us to really think of is like, what is the purpose of this film? I think that will help determine a lot of the stuff moving forward, or at least I guess for a summary, is that why do you think this film was able to be made? Like, what is the purpose of it? Every movie that gets made, there's always a purpose. You can easily say it's for money. It's just for this. It's just for that. Just to get word out. I would like to pose that question to you two is why do you think this movie was made i think this movie was just made to really show the ability of layers between people with midlife crisis and what they're trying to find ways of outlets to enrich or to re-stimulate the purpose of life that they're missing out on or they've gotten stuck in the form of complacement or contention and also just using the ways of like finding happiness only in certain aspects of course because obviously the relationship of a grown middle-aged man with you know under the age of 18 is wrong in a lot of circumstances and granted this movie is oh my gosh 22 years ago so i get where ventures come from and the, the construct of now and how things are coming to light and seeing what that has you know transcended with it's a touchy subject but i also see where you're coming from cooking in terms of the film and the art behind it the movie really just means the layers of what the characters are trying to go through and how they intertwine with one another in such a short amount of time at least just from trying to be relatively close to the human life in itself in its own essence but outside of like going to the the darker side of that conversation i don't want to touch that but just from the key adult characters and what they go through the mental stress, life, things like that, just trying to find purpose and reasons of being happy. Everyone goes through that. And I think that's where they were trying to really strike a chord with people's, hey, pe people going life midlife crisis, heck, even your own parents can be going through that right now and you wouldn't even know without talking to them. I feel like that's part of the message they were trying to get across in some essence, but then there's other messages, which I'll let you guys talk about. I can agree with some of that, with it being more of a character-based story and how it's Lester's progression to try to find happiness, whether or not that motivation is right or wrong. I don't want to talk much more about that. I think I've said my piece on that. I think it's his motivation to find content in his life, to finally be at a place where he can just accept who he is and be the person he wants to be, to be seen, to be noticed, to be appreciated, which in his life, he feels like he's not being appreciated. He's not being valued by his job or his wife or his child. And so he's seeking validation elsewhere. I feel like it tells that story well. And I think what it is, is it's a man and a woman being Lester and his wife seeking validation 
that they're missing in their marriage elsewhere and how both sides of the marriage are wrong. And really, I think the point of the movie is to show that the validation you seek doesn't come from others. It comes from within because while Lester had a motivation, he could have had that motivation all along if he just realized he wasn't happy and that he needed to be in this better place for himself and no one else. So I think the point of the movie is validation in your life does not come from another source. I could be very much stretching to get to that point, but I think that's the point of the movie. If anything, that's that kind of leads to where I want to go is like, I think that gets to where I feel is why the movie was made. I like to use an analogy of Tom and Jerry. You, When you see Tom and Jerry, you look at the episodes you know, I'm not saying these questions to be asked. Once again, I'm just throwing questions out there just in general. But as I as I look at an episode of Tom and Jerry and I'm like, okay, do you watch it to really look at the plot or do you watch it as entertainment? Do you just see what happens? Do you really look at what's the history of Tom? What's the history of Jerry? That's how I feel about this movie is that I don't put a lot of thought into the characters. I kind of feel like the reason why I can look at it the way I do is I almost look at it as like if you took a sketchbook and you just drew different characters. Even when y'all's explanation, you kind of both focused on Lester and his wife, which I can argue they might have had the most screen time, but I don't feel like they were the only characters. When I saw the movie, I was interested in all the characters that's going on. When I look at it as I look at it as like, okay, so you have a husband who's this way. Here's his flaws. You have a wife this way, all her flaws, the daughter, all her flaws. You have a teen at high school, all her flaws, teen boy at school, all his flaws. At that point, when you create all these like, okay, what can we do to find a white suburban American in these different groups all connected into a neighborhood? And what's the dark side of it that we can put together and just put an interesting story together? What that leads to for me is that when I look at the motivation of the movie, I look at it as pure entertainment and just using a catalyst of just the dark side of suburbia just to entertain you. I don't feel like a underlying story was told. That's why I keep using art like a painting as a comparison, because it's like a painting. If an artist paints and then they put it on the wall and then you go into that museum and you create your own opinion about it, the artist is not there. And the artist is not even trying to tell you what opinion to have. The artist is like, this is my work. You do whatever you want with it. That's how I feel like that's how the, the movie was made and presented together is that it was just a form of entertainment. It was going to find dark tones about multiple areas of like white suburbia. And I'm not going to list all those because you saw the movie, you saw it. It's a lot of layers of controversy. And if anything, I think that's why it is effective is because certain people are going to connect with certain controversies over others. Some people will be more upset or be more bothered, I should say, about this part of the film where someone else could be more bothered about that. Like, oh, you cheated on this guy. That's that's more of an issue. You killed this guy over this reason. This bothered me more. This bothered me more that you got away with this. And I think that's what makes the film effective. Yeah, to bounce off that, like, the movie does balance every single character very well. Like you said, yeah, I did focus on Lester and his wife just due to the fact that they were the very central characters, even though the movie had other characters involved. But to go into that, I still feel like validation was one of the main points, and I get what you're saying, that the movie is an art form, and an art form is meant to just entertain you, but I also feel like art is meant to be interpreted and i feel like when you go to look at paintings or any form of art in a museum every single person is going to have their different interpretation of what that art means that's okay it's art it's meant to be viewed it's meant to be appreciated but it's also meant to be interpreted and 
like I said, everyone's going to have their own. And my interpretation is each character, and I pretty much focused on Lester and his wife, are seeking validation. And I can go deeper into that with the daughter seeking validation from society and specifically males in society by wanting to have plastic surgery to make her more appealing to men. And Angela, she's seeking validation from Lester because obviously he finds her to be interesting and that's something that she struggles with is she knows she's boring she knows she's not interesting as far as a personality wise and Ricky's the only one who doesn't need validation because he's come to be content with who he is and his role in society he doesn't seek it from Jane he doesn't seek it from his father or from Lester or anyone else involved in the movie and I think that's why Lester in a way looks up to him because of how content he is with his life. And then, of course, you get to Ricky's father, Colonel Fitz, I believe, is the only name he ever gets in the movie. And he is trying to hide his sexuality throughout the movie. Like, you see hints of it, but you only really ever get, like, a huge hint pretty much at the end. And I think he's seeking validation and acceptance for who he's trying to He's trying to be this straight, strong, macho man in society, and he's seeking validation in that. Yeah, it was ironic is when I was looking into the movie, they purposely wrote a couple characters that a lot of people will always overlook. And that's once again why I say it was effective. The gay couple was the most normal in the film. Mm -hmm. And especially mm -hmm. back in 1999, seeing a gay couple on screen, that's why only a movie gets that way. So it's it's interesting because I'm going to start bringing it on to the other side of controversy of is that a married gay couple on screen was not common, especially in the 90s. That's why a movie like this, I hate to say it, a movie like this probably would have been controversial just for that if they were just the focus. Guess what? That would have been normal, right? So it's, you know, kind of ironic. But but to the point is the director purposely had it where in a society where they would have done it the opposite way. And they even showed it in the film, like, you know, the the two men would just go next door, be just great neighbors. No one would ever have an issue with that. But because of the way society was, especially back in 99, the way the guy reacted, unfortunately, I would say is normal. And I'm not going to call out any specifics, but we all, anyone who was raised in the 90s or was alive in the 90s know exactly where I'm coming from. So we're not going to go down, explain that route. But you would have gotten negative reactions because of all the crazy stuff in the film. What society would have thought was an issue was actually normal, the most normal in the film. Not saying that it saves the person. I just point out like how effective storytelling is, is that we look at all these issues and the stuff that outside of the movie is probably the more looked upon issues, actually the most normal in the film. And it doesn't even look as bad as what we would have thought it would have been. And I thought that was really, really effective. Yeah, I mean, until you just said that, I had no clue that that was even intentional. And I didn't even notice this couple was the most normal it wasn't even something i had even thought about like but now i look back at it, i'm like yeah they were the most normal so one of the most controversial things that i came across i know cookie you normally are the person who does like the deep dives and figures out stuff that goes on behind the scenes i have brought one to the table myself which i think a lot of people already know about you might have something a little deeper the topless scene involving thora birch's character Jane. So apparently she was 16 when that scene was shot and they had to get written consent from her parents to actually film the scene. And her father apparently pushed for the scene and they were okay with it because they were both her father and her mother were involved in the porn industry. 
Yeah, I did find that out. And to make it even more awkward and worse to add one more in there is that not only she had to do the contract, but they actually had child labor services on site to oversee. Yep. I'm not going to say they literally saw it, but either way for them to just be up there, <laughs> I will still stand on my point, as we said earlier, and about a bunch of other movies is I don't feel like it was needed. So I have no idea why they need to go through that much trouble. Definitely not. I think it was unnecessary, and I don't know how this was even legal. Three words, endangerment of minor. Yes, yeah. which is why I question the legality of it. I know that the parents signed a consent form to allow this to happen, but how is it still allowed to be shown in theaters? I know that a child can do things under consent forms, but how is this allowed to be distributed, shown in theaters, shipped out on VHSs, and then eventually DVDs and Blu-rays and streaming services? I mean, it's on HBO Max. That's a very good point. I have an easy answer for you. It's not a right answer, but it's an easy answer, and it's called money. Ugh. Yucky. <laughs> it's called there's a release form, which the actress and the parents would have to sign for it, and then the child labor people once they review it would have to approve it. And why would you do all that? Because of money. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I do agree that's the more legal way, but let's be for real here. Mm -hmm. it, it was the money. I know that the scene originally entailed a more mature act. They couldn't film that because of the child services involved and the agreement was that it couldn't be gratuitous overtly sexual in nature so they couldn't do any sex scene with her being topless or naked it had to be portrayed as innocent even though i think it was still gross and wrong it had to be portrayed as an innocent moment yeah and the tough part is I, like I've already said my piece, I don't agree with don't agree with none of it that happened. But and I hate to say but, but once again, to the art style of it is if you were trying to tell a story of teenagers going through that awkwardness, I hate to say it, pretty much every character in the movie has and does exist in the real world. Mm -hmm. And I know it sucks. I know it's uncomfortable. For me, that's a reality. I mean, that's that's a real world reality is that, yeah, even if you don't like all this, this is actually unfortunately true. I'm not saying that's the majority. I'm not saying that that is within any person's particular life. I just point that out is because that's sometimes what movie makers do is that they want to make something different. Unfortunately, teenagers being naked around each other is a normal thing. Not saying it's a common thing, but there are definitely segments of where teenagers, I mean, you hear about the teenagers who lose their virginity, you have teen pregnancy. So it's not like it's so crazy that a girl will take her shirt off across the neighborhood. But as we talked about before, we don't need to see it, though. Right. The implied nature of her revealing herself to this boy is enough. Yep. Like, like I still don't like it, but it's a lot better than what was in the movie. And uh, I, I think I said my piece on all of the things in this movie. Are there any further things you guys want to bring up before we round off this episode? Yeah, bring on some more lighthearted stuff. Is Yes, uh, please. <laughs> this movie apparently definitely bothers you. Okay, so Tom Hanks and Chevy Chase was actually meant to be in Kevin Spacey's role. And they both turned it down, especially more for Chevy Chase. He turned it down because he only wanted to do family films, which is understandable. There is for the role of Angela, because, you know, once again, let's just step out of the craziness of the movie. Let's look at it from the making of now, step out of that. With the making of the film, a lot of popular young women that was actually adult age was actually lined up for the film. For you, Venture, I don't know if you know any of these women, but I know for Regent, he definitely does, because these women were definitely popular in the 90s. You had Kirsten Dunst, mm -hmm. 
Yep. Sarah Michelle Geller. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brittany Murphy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Yep. I knew all but one of those. Which one? Uh, second to last. Brittany Murphy? Yeah. She passed away, what was it, 06 or something? I, I don't want to disrespect her passing, but she, she passed away at a young age. She was Aww. probably in her later 20s or something like that. She was definitely a very popular woman that was in the teenage movies and then a lot of comedy, comedy, romance, and stuff like that. Sometimes she was the wild character or just kind of like the goofy girl. 2009, and she was your age, Cookie, 32. Okay. So... Yeah, she passed away in 2009. It was very tragic. It was one of those dark Hollywood, unfortunately, the darker side of Hollywood. But anyway, back in the 90s, she was very popular. But yeah, other than that, something that I actually found really funny, the burger joint that the uh, homeboy was working in was actually Hardee's. So, oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, there you go. And then in the movie, when Kevin Spacey throws the plate of asparagus, the reaction that happened, that was actually on the spot. That was an improv thing for him to throw it on the wall. So the way they were scared and the way they jumped and everything was actually very genuine. It's something that you do in movies sometimes just to get the, the best response, I should say. But yeah, other than that, that's, that's pretty much that's all I got. I will also add that back on the art side of piece of things is that there is a purposeful analogy with the roses. And it doesn't get talked about. The reason is because in the posters, it says to look closer or something like that. Look closely. What it's trying to say is you got to look beyond the roses. And when you look beyond the roses, you end up finding out that there's a lot of like dirt, grime and stuff like that. And that was one of the symbolic reasons why roses was used a lot is that even though on the surface, it looked like it was all nice. You know, they lived in a nice home, lived in a nice neighborhood, had some wealth, blah, 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 you know beautiful women or this and that or a beautiful young girl stuff like that but it was looking beyond that is like no this is some dark thoughts this is a dark area these are some dark things and stuff like that that represents really well what the film was it's like it's a great cinematic piece but as soon as you look beyond that you're like wow this is this is some grimy shit right here that's that's my summary of the film I want to say like a few positive things about the movie cuz I think I've I've dunked on it enough the movie does deserve at least a couple nice things said about it. And the things I have to say are it was very well directed for what it was trying to do. It was very well directed. The script was actually good. There were no cheesy lines. There was nothing that seemed out of place and everyone delivered their lines quite well. Acting was pretty good and cinematography was very good, even though some of the things it disagreed with, but some of the things in the movie were extremely well done as far as a art or cinematography standpoint. Those are nice things I have to say about the movie. <laughs> All right. If I had to give this movie a rating out of 10, I'd probably give it a four. Just uh, that's the highest rating I can give it. What about you guys? I probably would say a seven, to be fair, because of the film side of it. The three loss of points are the moral side of it yeah i can actually 100 percent agree with regent that's the way i felt like what makes the movie is the cinema piece and the storytelling i don't agree with a lot of the presentations in certain areas that we didn't have to dive so much into just a little bit on like for me i am completely all good with the stuff that they touched on because unfortunately i do feel like stuff like that does go on and sometimes we do need it i want to be careful saying need it but sometimes i am all good with people wanting to present it on cinema because all areas of life can be presented on cinema. 
All right, listeners, thank you very much for listening. If you did enjoy this particular episode, please give us a rating or a review or a like, depending on which platform you are on. That is one of the best ways to help support this podcast. It's an absolutely free way to do so. Another way to help support the podcast is by sharing it either on your social media or by telling a friend. Word of mouth is one of the best ways to help a podcast grow and have new listeners come in. Again, Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope you have a wonderful night. Bye.